feelings of you can't do this. So who do you think you are? But leaning in and really just learning to trust God in a way that I never have before. Like he has never let me down. Like he has shown that over and over and over again. And so I know that as long as I continue to lean into him and rely fully on him, that I am unstoppable. Do you want God's plan for your life? Do you want to discover your calling? Do you want to build a business that's aligned with God's will? Hey girl, hey, I'm Jeanette, business and faith coach. After a decade in the military, the Air Force said, see you later, and I had to find my true calling. Want to know how God directed my life from a cybersecurity engineer to a faith and business mentor? In this podcast, I'll teach you how to start a business, how to know your business is God's calling, monetization techniques, how to trust the Holy Spirit, and how to set boundaries to listen to His Word alone. Ready to become unapologetically unstoppable? Hey girl, hey! Welcome to the Unapologetically Unstoppable podcast. And today I have a special guest, Rachel King. Rachel is the founder of King Coaching LLC and the podcast host of Feed Yourself, Healthy Habits for Mind, Body, and Soul. The podcast is all about learning the key components of overall health based on biblical principles. She's a woman of faith, mom, wife, and a certified nutrition coach. And she has personally maintained a 45-pound weight loss. Her mission is to help Christian women lose weight and feel confident inside and out without extreme measures. So glad to have you here, Rachel. I'm super excited to be here. This is awesome. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me how many kids you have, what's going on in your world, all the things. Yeah. So I have one little boy. His name is Grayson. He's four years old, going on like 13. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting to that stage where he's super fun. He has his own little personality, but we're handling lots of emotions, learning how to navigate them. He's asking lots of questions, especially questions about the Bible. And so that has made me like really dig deeper into the word too, because I need to be prepared for all the questions that he's going to ask. Yes. I feel like when they're that age, they're just like, I need to know everything. I would like tell my, she's five now. I would tell her, Jesus is in your heart. And she'd cry and she'd be like, Jesus isn't in my heart anymore. I'm like, Jesus doesn't leave you, baby. He's still there. We did the same thing. We went through that whole like ghost stage. You know, there's a ghost in my room. We were like, no, baby, the only ghost in your room is the Holy Ghost. Yes. Amen. (laughs) Yeah. So he's four years old. I've been married for almost seven years. live in a small town in Alabama. And I've been a certified nutrition coach since 2017, doing this thing full time for going on three years now. So yeah. That's amazing. So I was creeping on your Instagram like everybody does when they meet new people. And I saw like all your like cool mom hacks of like, oh, you make these pancakes and you put them in the freezer. I am not a cook. So I was like, oh, I need to do that. I should just freeze all my stuff. And your fruits, I was literally cutting up strawberries today. And I was like, all right, I hope these don't go bad in the refrigerator because that's what happens in the summer. Yeah, exactly. I had to learn all that stuff because I needed convenience, right? Like you're going out the door in the morning, getting your kids off to wherever they need to go. You need something quick. And so the pancake hack has saved us. You just pop them in the toaster, heat them up. Breakfast is ready in like two minutes. (laughs) That's like the smartest thing. (laughs) It's like your own like Eggo waffles, but 
like nutritionally based and better for you. <laughs> exactly. And if you make a big batch, they don't take any longer to make. You just make extra when you're making them, stick the extra in the freezer and you're good to go. I'm going to tell my husband that he's the cook in our family, but I, I can, I can microwave and I can toaster. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And if you put your strawberries in a mason jar, they'll stay fresh too. Yeah. I'm doing that. I'm doing that today. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tag you in my Instagram post. I'm like, shout out to Rachel. Mom packs all the way. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, we moms got to stick together because I mean, we're, we live in so much pressure. It's like, you guys seen Encanto, the Disney movie? Yes, yes. Yeah, that that song, Surface Pressure. Like, I feel like that's such a deep song for <laughs> for that age, but it's right. so true. Like, I felt that when she sang that song. That we have so much pressure on us that you know perform in all these ways, and you know we're supposed to be at all the places, do all the things, never run late, have our kids looking immaculate, our house staying clean, feed them nutritious foods, and so you gotta find hacks to do not do all of them, but do the most important things. And I feel like feeding our kids nutritious food is one of the most important things to teach them at an early age that our bodies truly are temples that the Lord has given us and to teach them how to take care of them. Cause I didn't learn how, when I was a kid, I had to learn, how I, you know, became an adult. So setting our kids up for success is such a huge passion of mine. Plus I think it's really easy to not do it because every, like if you go in the grocery store, there's like a tiny section of like actual food and the rest is all processed garbage. And I'm like, what exactly. if, except if you go to like sprouts or whole foods or something, right. but I live in a small yeah. town too. I only have a Walmart and a high V and that's it. Like, yeah. it's not like a whole bunch of great produce here. Exactly. And the marketing, I mean, on everything, you know, cereal boxes and even on commercials on TV, you know, we don't do a ton of screen time, but you know, I'm going to let my son watch some shows every now and then, but the commercials that come on <laughs> the other day, my son asked for juicy drop gummy sticks. Never heard of that in my life, Me but either. it was awesome commercial he was watching was like mama can we please get juicy drop gummy sticks and so I googled it and there's like I don't know a million grams of sugar in that stuff. <laughs> Accurate. All, all the dyes you know and it's like but that's they know that the colors and the fun packaging is going to appeal to kids and so we have to work even harder to make the healthy food appeal to our kids. And so any kind of creative, like I started including Grayson in the kitchen. So oh, we make good. muffins together and make it really fun. Like I let him come up with his own recipes if they're not too crazy. Like we made muffins. We had some bananas that were about to go bad. So instead of making banana bread, we made banana bread muffins. And he was like, oh, mama, can we put some strawberries in there? And can we put some chocolate chips in there? And I'm like, okay, we'll try it. And they turned out really good. So you got to make it fun. So you appeal to them more than the, the marketing, <laughs> the bright color packaging, all the things. I feel like it's hard too, especially as Christians, because everything in the world, it's almost like that. It's like, we're having to like, wait a second, let's, let's go back to Jesus. Let's go back to what we're supposed to be doing. Yep. So talking about Jesus, what is your testimony? How did you find Jesus? I know like as Southern girls, it's kind of embedded in us. It's not yeah. like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> it is. And for the longest time, I thought that, I mean, my testimony wasn't really that special because I grew up in church. It was just what we did. Right. I got saved at a young age. I was eight years old and I got saved. So it was kind of like, you know, just something I grew up with. I never really had this amazing story of how I found Jesus. But as I got older and 
I realized that I didn't really like I got saved and yes, I had a relationship, but I took it for granted almost. Yeah. Like I just kind of put Jesus in my pocket and didn't really elaborate on it. I didn't really carve in time to spend with him every day. I took my access to the Lord for granted. I didn't use it. I didn't pray like I should. And during my season of singleness, really, is where I got super close to God because I'm like, why is this happening? Why can I not find the person that you made for me, Lord? Is he lost? Where is he? (laughs) Where do I go to find him? And it was during that time that, and during my weight loss journey, those two kind of coincided. Jesus showed me like, you know, I got to mold you and make you into who you need to be before you meet your husband. That is so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I never would have figured that out had I met him any sooner, you know? So that time was so sweet. It wasn't during the beginning of it, but I really just leaned in and honed into that. And so I started getting up early and reading my Bible. I started being intentional about my prayer time. Instead of listening to, you know, whatever I wanted to in the car, I turn on some worship music or I just turned off and pray and really be intentional about growing my relationship with God, doing Bible studies, learning more and more about him. And I've carried those habits over now. And, you know, my son gets up in the morning and sees me doing Bible study every morning. And so had I not had that season of really leaning in and growing my own relationship with the Lord, I wouldn't be the wife and mom I am today. And I'm not nowhere near perfect, but definitely wasn't before. So I feel like that is more of my testimony story. Not really when I got saved, but just me really learning to have that true relationship with God. I think that's, that's important because like, I, I got saved young, probably like 11 or 12 was at Bible camp, but like you, I took advantage of having such a relationship with Jesus that I was just like, oh, I don't need Jesus right now or whatever it was. I joined the military and I didn't have anything. Like, I was just like, okay, this is just me. I'm my own God in air quotes, but like just worrying about how I'm supposed to do things and not worrying about what God wants for me. I think that's a big, big difference between going through a season of, I, I am a Christian and I am a follower of Jesus. Those are two different things in my mind. Yeah, exactly. Cause I mean, you're not going to lose your salvation no matter how right. far away, but you know, like you said, being a follower of Jesus, really seeking him out, being intentional about keeping that relationship and not only going to him in the bad times, because we're all guilty of that, right? When we sink down into the valley, we're like, oh God, I, you know, I haven't talked to you in a while, but here I am with my problem. And that's kind of how I was during that season. Like, like you said, you think things should go a certain way. And here in the South, you're supposed to get married when you're young, you know, just what you do. And not that I was old, but I was 26, you know, and all my friends had already gotten married and I didn't think about things I had achieved. Like I had my own house, I had my own career, you know, that wasn't important. I needed a husband. (laughs) And I was like, why am I not able to find somebody? All the dates I go on are so disappointing. There are no good men out there. And God was like, Rachel, you're not ready to be a wife. You're not ready. And once I kind of just pushed that out of the way, I was like, okay, I'm not worried about this. I'm going to leave it up to you, Lord. I'm just going to lean into you, fix this relationship first. Mm -hmm. It was so funny because I, I dove into that season and I finally got peace. I even made the comment to one of my friends. I was like, I'm not even going to try anymore. You know, if God wants to send me somebody, that's great, but I am okay with being single. I truly am okay with being single. I met my husband the next day. Not <laughs> no, he was my husband, of course, but I did. I met him the next day. And it's just that's like true God's, like when you were finally ready to that point where you're like, I actually 
I'm going to, I'm going to stop having control. I'm going to fully surrender this part of my life to you, God. I trust you. God's like, okay, now that you trust me, here's the thing that you've been asking for. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I leaned into that verse so much, you know, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I'm like, this is my desire. You said you would give it to me, but I had to line up my desires with what God desired for me. So my desires became his desires. And once that was in alignment, then it's just like you said, he was like, okay, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's funny how people, I don't know, people, I, some people I know they're not Christians and I explain to them how God works. They just, they're like, that's kind of weird. I'm like, no, that's, that's how the spirit realm works. If you are like doing the things that you're supposed to for God and not worrying about people pleasing and not worrying about all the other things and yep. actually seeking God, he will give you exactly what you want. And your things will change. Your things will change of what you want. Exactly. I used to be a car nerd and I used to like really want like this really fast car. And then I was like, I don't because I've got kids now. I want a safe car. Yes. <laughs> like, okay. Here you go. Here's that safe car you needed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So during your journey, what do you think made you become like unapologetic about your faith so much so that your business is faith-based? Yeah. So that was a big one. And it's funny that you just talked about people pleasing because I was such a people pleaser. And when I first started my business, I was terrified of what people would think, you know, like, what does she think she's doing? You know, she how does she, she is? How yeah, who does she think she is? <laughs> what kind of authority does she have talking about this? You know, because especially in the health and fitness space, you know, Instagram gives us a false you know, reality of what people should look like. We have these influencers, quotation marks, influencers that are doing these like crazy exercises and they look a certain way. And you're like, well, I don't look like that. Who am I to tell people what to do? But, you know, there's no competition in the kingdom. Right. And so Amen. once you, you kind of get past that and you're like, there's, there are people here for everybody. Everybody has a purpose and you go out and serve your people that God gave you to serve and to work with. Then you get past all that. And you have to get past the, you know, what do people think of me? Cause it ultimately doesn't matter. It matters what God thinks of me. And God gave me this calling to go out and to teach this message that really needs to be taught, especially among the Christian community, among the churches, because, I mean, let's put some really hard truth out there. Gluttony is the sin that the church doesn't like to acknowledge because we like to eat. <laughs> we just like to eat for everything. And so we, there's, a, there's a huge message in that and that how to feed our bodies the way God designed them to be fed, not with, you know, loads of desserts and casseroles and all the things. So that message is different than what somebody else's message is. And my way of coaching is different than somebody else's way of coaching. And so once I got past that and just accepted the call that God had on my life, it was super scary. I remember sitting down with my husband, be like, okay, I'm going to quit my job and start my own business. <laughs> And him being like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <But> then, yeah. <laughs> we just had this conversation. Like, I just really feel like God has called me to do this. And he's like, well, if God's called you to do it, then you do it. And I remember saying, give me three months. And if, you know, it's, you know, we're just like barely surviving, then I'll go find a job. And it's been almost three years and haven't had to find a job yet. God's been really good. So yeah, that's kind of how. 
that's kind of how that all came to fruition. I think it's, it's great that you were like, this is scary, but this is my call. I'm going to answer it because most people be like, that's really scary, too scary. I'm not going to do it. And then they sit in this place of discontent because they know that they're made for more and they're not willing to step out on faith. And why would you like not step out on the creator of the entire universe? I mean, like if, if you can bet on anybody bet on God, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. And there've been like two things. Well, three things. There've been three things that I've just had such a peace about. And, you know, the first was my salvation. The second was that my husband was the man that I was supposed to spend the rest of my life with. And then the third was this calling that I was supposed to quit. And it was, and I had to wait on God's timing because if I could have quit my job sooner, I would have, but he just didn't open that door. And after COVID hit and my son was a year old and I realized that I had missed a lot of that first year. And everybody was working from home and I didn't really want to go back to the office. And God was like, now's your time, especially because the world was in this huge health crisis. Yeah. You know? Like yes. it's your time. Now's your time. And I stepped out on faith. It was super scary, but God has taken care of us. And I have no doubt that he will provide even when times get scary. It's like, okay, God. And just like we talked about earlier, relinquishing that control. We feel like we have to go in and fix it. We have to be the one to do something about it. And yes, we have to do our part, right? He's not just right. going like, to give us a million dollars for sitting here and doing nothing, but we have to do our part, but he is going to provide and he is going to take care of us as long as we are doing what he's called us to do. I was listening to a sermon this weekend from my, I used to live in Vegas for a period and the pastor we went to there was preaching at Elevation Church at Stephen Frederick Church. And he was talking about God answers your prayers in seed form. He gives you that idea. He gives you whatever you need, but you have to like plant it in the ground. You have to water it. You have to take care of it. You have to wait for it to grow. I feel like that's what we do with our businesses. We're like, we're growing something. It's not just something that's just going to pop out. And all of a sudden we're the CEO of this multi-million dollar business, which would be (laughs) great, but (laughs) like there's something in in the building too, right? Yes. There's something in the building. So maybe that's I have never actually, you were talking about the church being gluttonous. I have never heard a sermon on like physical food gluttony before. And I think that that is important. So when you start your business and I feel like as women, our businesses are our ministry also, like, like your hands and feet. And some of the stuff that we do is our ministry. It's to bring people closer to Jesus and to show his love and to be the the feet and hands of Jesus of heaven on on earth. Mm -hmm. So when you started your business and you see these people that are struggling with gluttony, like I feel like in Western culture in America, like you said about the marketing, it's just everywhere. It's just inundating. It's just in our face. Yeah. When I lived in Vegas, it was on billboards. You would just drive down the street and it would just be food and all sorts of just gluttony on the billboards. Like it's hard to like turn off. What is the number one thing in your business that you see women having a struggle with and, or that you think the world should not the world should change, obviously, because the world isn't going to change, but how as Christians, we should change our view of the world and like remove certain things to make it easier for us. Yeah. Well, there, there are a few things. The number one thing though, is that we have to realize that we have self-control. Self-control is a fruit of the spirit. Because a lot of people say, oh, I just don't have any self-control. Yes, you do. You do have it. 
you have, that's one of those things you have to let God enter this area of your life. And I hear from so many people, I've never thought about letting God into this weight loss journey. I, you know, I didn't really think God cared about my weight, but he does. He cares about your weight. Your weight is part of your health. Mm -hmm. And Another hard truth, like the society we live in today, they're all about body positivity. And yes, that's a great thing. It really is. Like you should love yourself through the process. You should never condemn yourself. You should never judge yourself and how you look and all the things you, you know, can't do. I hear a lot of people say, I can't believe I let myself go this much. Like have grace for yourself. Don't condemn yourself. But also like there's nothing wrong with wanting to better yourself while also loving yourself through the process. Like that's actually a really great form of self-love to do something about your health and wanting to lose weight. So a lot of people put a negative connotation on weight loss and it's not, it's a very positive thing, wanting to get healthy. So you can go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Like you were saying before, you can't do those things to the best of your ability. If you've got this extra weight slowing you down, like that's a fantastic thing to want to work toward. Then another thing that I think that we really need to focus on is like the nutrition education piece of it, because a lot of people just honestly don't have a clue how to eat healthy. Like, you know, we were saying growing up in the South, it's kind of hard. We didn't grow up with, you know, really great nutrition habits. We fried all of our vegetables and, you know, (laughs) made all of the casseroles (laughs) to carry to church functions. That's just what we did. Extra butter, extra cheese. Yes, exactly. Let's put some whipped cream on top and, you know, all the things. And so like the nutrition education piece, I think we should focus on that. There's an entire part of Daniel where he talks about fueling his body properly, you know, and we should talk about that at church instead of focusing on all of the other, you know, unhealthy ways. Like down here, you know, something happens, somebody has a baby, somebody has surgery, we're taking them like lasagna or something like that. Yeah. that's the best time to take them some nutritious food to help fuel their bodies to recover. Not all of these things that are going to ultimately make them sicker. So there's just a nutrition education piece that needs to be implemented there. I feel like those are two big things that are lacking. I was reading through was it Leviticus. I think it was Leviticus where it's talking about all the rules about what you're not supposed to eat and how you're supposed to eat properly. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of doing an elimination diet because I was like, what is, ha- what is happening with my body? I need to figure out what is making me swell and not feel good. And my joints hurt and all these things. Yeah. And I was reading the Bible and then also going through this journey at the same time. And I was like, I'm eating things that God said not to eat. Yeah. And my body doesn't feel good. Like yeah. I'm eating lots of fat. I'm eating pork. And it's not like I'm like saying as a religious standpoint, like the Muslims do, I can't eat this stuff. It's I right. can't eat this stuff because my body cannot take it. So I am going to do what God's word says, because that makes sense. These are the rules I'm supposed to live by. Like tithing isn't a requirement to get into heaven, but I do it because that's what I do. So I'm going to stop eating pork because that's what I need to start doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those guidelines are in there for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, sometimes you do need to do an elimination diet because food affects people differently and you could be eating quote unquote healthy, but that health food may not align with your particular body. Right. I mean, me, for instance, I can't do dairy. If I do dairy, I look like I'm three months pregnant. Like it's so inflammatory to my system. My son can't have eggs. We found out 
a little over a year ago that he's highly allergic to eggs. So yeah, those, those are healthy things in most people's eyes, but to us, they're not. And so sometimes an elimination diet is not restrictive. It's actually really good for you to figure out what fuels your body best and what may actually be harming you. And could be, if you're, you've been on a weight loss journey for a while and you're not seeing results, you could be holding on to inflammation because like, let me geek out on the science here for a little bit. You've got inflammation in your body. Your fat cells have nowhere to go. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> they can't shrink because you've got inflammation surrounding your fat cells. So you're clinging on to all the fat when it could be something that you think is healthy for you and it's not. So there are like going back to the nutrition education piece, there's just a lot of stuff that bad diets won't teach you. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, the marketing industry doesn't want you to know. And that stuff's super important because it can be so frustrating when you are wanting to better yourself. You are wanting to lose weight. You do want those things. You're doing all the things you think you should do and you're not seeing the results. That it's like a constant fight or like discernment piece of being like, okay, this is not educational. I need to do my own research. I need to figure out what works for my body versus somebody else's body. Yes. Me and my husband, I can eat eggs all day. He can't eat a single egg. It's not going to look good for him. Yeah. He's been trying to like, we're military vet. Well, I'm a veteran. He's still in. And he's like, well, I'm not losing weight. I'm not losing weight. I'm like, cause you're not eating this. You already know you can't eat this stuff. Why are you eating this stuff? Like, this is like not new news. Yeah. (laughs) Even from just like a health standpoint, going back to like the elimination stuff back I guess it was over a year ago, my son was getting ear infections all the time. And I got so tired of them just giving him another antibiotic to fight off ear infections. And so I started doing my own research and came across some information that said dairy could cause ear infections. And we had been feeding him Greek yogurt, loved it for a snack. That's supposed to be healthy, but we took it out of his diet. He hasn't had an ear infection since. Wow. isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah. Cause yeah. it is, it's got like lots of probiotics and like so many cultures and yep. that. Wow. Yeah. So it's super important to be your own advocate, to learn your own body and pay attention to what it's trying to tell you. Yes. And this can come from like hunger cues. There's such a thing as fake hunger because what? we, yeah, <laughs> we associate hunger with emotions, right? Like when we had a bad day, we ultimately want to reach for whatever that comfort food is, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like stepping back and saying, wait, why do I want to eat this? Am I truly hungry or am I feeling some sort of way? And emotions don't even have to be bad. They can be happy emotions. Like we can celebrate and be wanting to reach for certain things, or we could just be bored and go to the kitchen for a snack. But we really have to like learn our bodies and learn what true hunger is, or if we're just experiencing some sort of feeling. That's good because a lot of things are trying to vie for our attention and we're not paying attention to the thing that is literally going to help us through the rest of our lives, our body. Yeah, exactly. What is one thing that you've learned on your journey that you feel like makes you unstoppable that you're like, I'm going to do this as long as God is telling me to do this. Leaning in to the Lord and really like 
see my faith grow. Honestly, I feel like there I've been, my faith has been tested so much since starting my own business. It really has like the devil has just been trying to creep in with those thoughts of self doubt and feelings of you can't do this. So who do you think you are again? You know, that one comes up a lot, but leaning in and really just learning to trust God in a way that I never have before. Like he has never let me down. Like he has shown that over and over and over again. And so I know that as long as I continue to lean into him and rely fully on him, that I am unstoppable because I mean, think back to David and Goliath. He was so ill-equipped in our eyes (laughs) to defeat Goliath. And he, he won with no contest. Right. And that's kind of the way we are. Like we are fully equipped as long as we lean into the Lord and listen to his call on our lives. Like we have everything we need of inside. Like everybody is unstoppable as long as you do that. And so I know just from seeing God work in my own life that, yeah, as long as I continue to do those things, I'm unstoppable. I love that because I don't think that we'll ever be quote unquote enough for culture. No. But when we have God, we are always more than enough. We are fully equipped. More than conquerors. Yep. Yep. God just makes me so fired up. I'm just like. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And I love having these conversations because it's so fun. Like you take your own story for granted a lot because you lived it. And you're like, my story is really not that spectacular. But then when you get to share it with other people, you get to just kind of go down memory lane and be like, man. God is so good. <laughs> right? He was there for that. He did not what? like, yes. He's so good. There's so many times that I look back at my life and been like, that could have gone really, really bad. But mm-hmm. God, there's yep. no other explanation but God. Yep. Exactly. What would you say is your favorite Bible verse? The one we just talked about, the one in Psalms. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That is my absolute favorite. I've clung to that verse for years and years and years and continue to cling to it. When, when I can't see the end, I can't see how something's going to turn out. I'm like, God gave me that promise. (laughs) (laughs) Is, would you say that that is your, your Bible verse for your business? Like that you're like, that's my, my business Bible verse that, that is the thing that is my waypoint. Yes, for sure. Because when I was in high school, I really sounds terrible, but like, I didn't have any ambition. I was a straight A student, but I really didn't want to do anything, but be a stay at home mom. Like that's all I ever wanted to do. And that kind of stayed in the back of my head too. Like during that season of singleness, cause like, like you can't be a stay at home mom if you don't have a husband. <laughs> so, that was kind of in the back of my head. And then that was something else. Like I went to college because I'm like, well, I need to have a backup plan, you know? So I went to college and ended up getting my accounting degree, which I did that for 10 years before I quit to do nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. So like I learned a ton of things through that, but you know, ultimately he gave me every one of those desires of my heart. Now they turned a little bit differently than what I thought they would look like because I not only get to be a stay at home mom, I get to be a work from home mom, which I never saw myself doing. I had no idea this was going to be my purpose when I was in high school, but that's definitely like my life's verse and 100% my business. Because when I was working in accounting, just doing nutrition on the side, I 
always like, especially after I found out I was pregnant, I'm like, I really wish I could make this work where I could just do this full time. And it just never, never worked out in my timeline, had to wait on God's timeline. And he he did. I delighted in him and he gave me the desires of my heart. Are you going to homeschool too or no? We are debating. We don't know yet. We keep going back and forth. I work from home, stay at home mom and I homeschool and I I actually sent her to school for the first half of kindergarten. And I was like, this is not right. God told yeah. me this helps. Like it was just too many people in my life that I was just like, nope. God has made it super easy for me to just jump into this space. Yeah. Why am I not doing it? I've met zero moms who had school kids who were in school. It was all homeschool moms. I was like, this is my tribe. These are my people. Yeah. Okay, God, I'm listening. Yeah. And it's never been more happy. I love it. Love it. Love uh- it. Love it. That's encouraging. We keep going back and forth. We're like, do we, do we not? And we're just still praying for peace. I know he'll give us the peace about the right decision. Yeah. I love hearing those stories. And so you took the quiz to find out what your spiritual gift was and you got prophecy. Were you surprised? How did you feel? I was so surprised, honestly. I got that and I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like for like two minutes, I'm like, this is wrong. But then I got to thinking about it and I really do have, like almost have an intuition gift. Like I can pretty much meet somebody and have full spot on intuition about them. And I tell my husband these things and he's like, oh, Rachel, you're just, you know, no, that's not right. And then weeks or months go by and he's like, man, you were right about this. <laughs> or you're right about that situation. And so, yeah, I kind of can see it now. It's like being so in tune with God that he's just whispering things in your ear and he's just telling you over and over like the things that you need to know. And, and I, my gift is not prophecy. My gift is exhortation, which is encouragement, which I'm really, I love that. Like, I love that. But I feel like when you have the gift of prophecy, you are just like a person who it's just different. It's just a person Mm -hmm. that's like very in tune with God and he can, you can see all the things that he has for you and the people and discernment. And it's just like a whole nother level of inside the spiritual realm almost like it's like part of you is in there and part of you is here. It's not like, not like me where I'm just encouraging people. Hi, you guys are doing great. Good job. Keep going. But you're like, no, I see, I can see God in you. I can see where you're supposed to go. I can see the things and it's a special gift. It is. And I feel like encouragement is such a special gift too, because there are a lot of seasons where if I hadn't had people who had the gift of encouragement that I probably would have given up. So yeah, I feel like all the gifts are so special in their own ways. And I love how God gives us like our unique gifts based on our personalities and who we will interact with too. Right. Like he knows all the people that are going to come you know, interact with us and how he places us in those seasons and on those paths for a reason. And so I feel like, you know, all the gifts are super important and they are given to, to each of us. You know, we're, we did a study on Esther this last week and that I'm like literally doing a study on Esther right now. Really? Well, that verse that says for such a time as this, yes, he gave us all of our gifts for such a time as this. Like he knew we would be where we are in every moment. And I like clinging to that too, thinking about raising kids in this day and age. Like you're like, man, because I've had so many people tell me, oh, I'd hate to be raising kids right now. Well, that's very discouraging. But also you have to think like 
he gave them to us in this season for such a time as this. Like this is their time. They're equipped to live through this. Just like we were equipped to live through our childhood, through, you know, this age as adults, they're equipped. Mm -hmm. We just have to listen to him Mm -hmm. and instill in them and equip them with all of, you know, the armor of God so that they can go out and fight the battles. Like they're fully equipped. This is their time. And that's why I chose the homeschool because I'm like, I need you to have the the full armor and know exactly how to take on the world before you leave the house. And I don't know about five. I don't think five, you're ready for that. (laughs) No. (laughs) I I don't know at 35, you're ready for that. (laughs) For real though. (laughs) It's hard. I just love like talking to women like you who are just like on fire for Jesus, who understand how he works and are letting him lead your life and fully surrendering to whatever his will is. I think that's the hardest part about being a Christian is I'm a control freak at nature. Like I want to control everything. I want to make sure everything is fine. And living in the South, everything has to be perfect. You got to have your little house all nice and all the things. And then God comes in and is like, you don't control anything. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. It's so funny you saying that because like, it's hard enough having small kids, right? Like this is so, so unpredictable, but you know, we decided a few weeks ago, we we're going to throw a puppy in the mix, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like getting up in the mornings and trying to figure out this potty training routine. Plus, you know, all of the things my, my son's doing summer preschool. He goes to a Christian preschool here two days a week. And trying to get to school on time, I come rolling up last week with one minute to spare <laughs> to get him to school. And it's just another one of those lessons like you don't get to control anything. No, nothing. <laughs> I honestly thought when I had a baby that I would be able to control my child. No, they're their own people from the womb. They're like their own yes. thing. I was like, what? <laughs> yes. Exactly. I remember because I had kids later too. I didn't have kids till I was 30. I didn't get married until 28. And I was like, why are all these moms just like letting their kids just run around? Because they have no control over their kids. They have no control. <laughs> I was the same way. I had Grayson when I was 30. And so I had all these ideas of what my kid was going to do, you know? Yes. <laughs> and God was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let me teach you a thing or two. <laughs> and now I'm like, okay, God. I realize I am just the steward of the things you've given me to include my children. So I'm just going to do the best that I can to show her, both of them, both my daughters, what you were like, how to love you, how to self-regulate, all the things that I think are important. And you just guide me and guide them and yep. whatever you have for them is on you, God. Yep. As scary as it is, <laughs> but That's it's so on scary. you. <laughs> it's so scary. And you have to let go of things like, like you, my house. You know, you have to let go of how perfect the house is. There are going to be toys everywhere. Yes. No, there's like, you just have to let go. And if people come in and they judge you on that, then that's on them. Right. Right. And that's another aspect of that people pleasing thing that you kind of have to let go of. And I have really had to let go of that because I was very self-conscious people coming over. I remember when we brought Grayson home from the hospital, I was in here picking things up and people were bringing meals. I was in here picking things up and I'm like, now I look back, I'm like, that was so silly. They didn't care <laughs> what the house looked like. They, they just had a baby. They understood. Right? 
But in that season, you're like, oh, it's got to be perfect. And then you get a little older and you're like, eh. yeah, like it's fine. It's fine. Let's focus on the I thing. I let my kids dress themselves now. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> you have the right shoes. Like, do you have the same shoes on? Okay, cool. Like, Exactly. I think that's part of like letting them develop their own little personalities too. Like letting them, I'm learning to let Grayson help instead of like telling him how to do things. I let him do it his way and then kind of use, yes, that was great. You did a great job. Maybe next time we can do this too. Or, you know, instead of this, we can try this and really trying to encourage him while correcting him or instructing him, not even correcting, but like instructing him just letting that be kind of another one of those things that I can't fully control and shouldn't control, like letting him learn his own way, but then like lovingly guide him along the path. Yeah. Like you just missed this little thing. Let's do this bit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Parenting is the hardest job I think I'll ever have in my life. It is. And there's no book to follow. (laughs) (laughs) None. (laughs) The times keep changing. So like the rules are changing. How's that dance? We, we, we're a dance mom. I'm a dance mom. So like the, one of the moms is talking about, yeah, I think I'm going to get my daughter a phone when she turns eight. And I'm like, I can't even think about that. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> eight? No. Eight. Oh my goodness. No. Hey. Like that's no, it's way too far down the line. I'm not even thinking about when she's getting a phone because it's not going to be until she's like at least a teenager. In my I'm mind. Old I'm enough like, to drive. <laughs> yeah. Right. Where are you going? Why do you need a phone? Right. <laughs> I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> yeah, don't want to think about that. Don't want to think about that at all. Yeah. Well, I was so blessed to have you on the podcast today. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? How can people find you? How can people get a part of your program? Tell us all those things. Yeah. Yeah. So you can always find me on Instagram. I'm at Rachel Megs King, and you can find me on Facebook. I'm under the same name. I have a free Facebook community called Encouraging Christian Weight Loss. It's just a fun little community to hang out, get support, encouragement, accountability in there. And it's full of Christian women that are going through the same journey that can walk alongside you. And if you're interested in doing nutrition coaching, we have a group program I run with a business partner of mine. Her name is Amanda Kilder, and it's called a body of grace. It's a 12 week program where we really focus on building the foundation. So you don't ever have to do another program. Again, you learn the foundations, the nutritional guidance that you need and implement God and the faith piece alongside to come alongside you throughout this journey and really build that strong foundation you need to learn the basics, to build the principles, and then to go teach them to your family. I love that so much. It's so needed, so needed for our community. Well, thank you, Rachel, for coming on. And if you guys have any questions, everything will be in the show notes. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Wow, that was so good. So I know that you know somebody that also needs to hear that. So share this episode, leave a review. And I would love if you could watch my free workshop at JeanettePeterson.com slash missing piece. I'll see you guys over on the grams at Jeanette.Peterson. Bye.